Hello, happy Russell Westbrook Day, and welcome to OKC Chatter, where three Thunder fanatics will break down every dunk, buzzer beater, and triple-double the team throws down. Ask us questions, we'll answer anything. Thanks for the listen, cheers, and thunder up. No, I'm a bit of a negative Nelly there, but when I saw Rubio go down, I really thought we had a chance. Seemed like every every game we had at least uh, eight to ten point lead at one point, and then lost it by halftime or right before.
watching the Jazz get just throttled by Houston, I mean by Houston the other night just made me so curious. And so I, I started asking some people and trying to figure out why we didn't run basically the offense that Houston does. So find the crappy defender on the other team, run a, a pick slash switch to get the guy on uh, Russ or Paul George, and then everyone back off. And then do that little either drive and dish or drive and layup or drive and step back shot. And it just looks so easy. It's just like you watch. We could do that against the Jets. But then a lot of people corrected me like, well, we have like Corey Brewer on the outside. No one's, no one's going to actually take him seriously. Uh, so when we, they have Eric Gordon on the outside. It's a game changer. Yeah. And then they basically were like, Russ is not a three-point shooter. Hard Chris Paul can do that step-back three, which is a game-changer for that type of offense. So mm -hmm. I got really angry watching that game, and then basically it boils down to personnel again. But it was just frustrating to see, like, that's how we should have played uh, Utah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing I noticed catching some highlights for a few minutes of the, the Rockets game was one thing we could never force to happen was Gobert guarding the perimeter. And I saw Gobert guard hard. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? Utah, they played a great series. They, they had a game plan. They executed it. 
I don't hate the team. Yeah, they do, they do some shitty stuff, but it's playoff basketball. It doesn't matter who the team is. That's going to happen. You're going to play rough. It's it's a middle game. So, I mean, the whole Ingles thing, yeah, he, he's kind of a douchebag, but he played. He did it. He did it his part very well, and he and he played the game very well. Mitchell was outstanding. Gobert was showed why he's defensive player of the year. I'm not going to sit here and hate on Utah. They played a great series. I think if anything, and I think it's pretty clear to see with Russ calling out uh, Rubio and then getting all that foul trouble, and then Ingles just constantly messing with George, like, and the fans. They clearly won the the mental battle. Um, and you would think it would be the opposite because OKC, at least a lot of the players on this team have gone deep in the playoffs and they know how to keep their cool and uh, how to take it to that next level. And it just seemed like mentally OKC was not ready to take their play to the next level minus a couple of stretches. And then uh, they couldn't handle the, the ticky-tack, the physicality, and the mind games. And I think that played a huge part with them being hesitant and then uh, just not, not performing. Yeah. I mean, we 0-3 oh, on the road in the playoffs cannot happen. I don't care if you have home court advantage or not. That cannot happen. I think we're 0-9 now because they showed the stat on ESPN that we were 0-8 in road playoff games up until game six. So uh, we haven't won a road playoff game in years. Oof. It's a uh, Golden State series. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was only game one. So <laughs> yeah, it was. Really Aldrich had like 45. Hasn't shown up since then. Simple as that. You don't mess with a good thing. But I don't know. So, 
I'm interested to hear what y'all think. I think a lot of Noah's comments were pretty deliberate. He had an agenda that he wanted to push uh, to OKC. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, what the comment he said about there was no strategy of him being there, you can't disagree with that because it, it seemed like a scramble all year to figure out what do we do with these three guys together. I mean, it, it seemed like we, we got them. Like, okay, we got these guys. Now what? Like we never quite figured out what. But if Melo does stay and George does stay, you have a whole summer with these guys to basically they could reinvent their whole offense for the next year. Depending on who they get back, they get Robertson back. This is this is all best case scenario right now. But you give yourself a, a full year to, to basically rebuild from scratch how you want your offense to run because it doesn't have to be through Russ like it like it. Have, like it has been the past couple years. It was still heavy like that this year. And, I mean, Russ can handle it, but you don't want that. You don't want him having to shoot 40 shots in second games in the playoffs to win a game and even lose a game. I, I think Mello for j- just big picture item, I, he does not want to come off the bench. He made that perfectly clear. He does not want to change his style of play anymore. Uh, part of me thinks that's him... Uh, putting the front office on notice that uh, you're either going to buy me out or I'm going to cause some trouble. But I think I'm hoping someone in the front office will sit him down with all of the the raw data and be like, here's how terrible you are during the playoff series and defensively on the court. And he's not going to opt out. He's not going to turn down 22 or 28 million. But if he forces us into a buyout and we pay 20 to 24 million, and then he signs a mid-level somewhere else to start him next season, he could end up making like 30 million next year. So I think part of that strategy was he's not stupid and he knows he can actually make more money by getting bought out if we're not going to give him the role he wants. But at the same time, like if he is that big of a presence in the locker room and Paul George loves him and it's it's one of the factors that keeps Paul George on all four. You can ceremonially start Melo and play him like four to five minutes and then put Green in. Yeah. And then bench him and then play him with the backups. So he's essentially a starter only in like the warm-ups and the call-outs and then he plays with the bench unit from there on out. That's the thing I don't understand is it's so much. It would be so much easier for him to dominate against bench players than it would for him to go up against top level defenders. Guys like uh, Jamal Crawford and uh, who else does it? Comes off the bench and just scores. I mean, we're hearing these comments for the first time, but it's not the first time Miller said it. It's probably they've probably talked about it. They probably he probably had conversations with Donovan. He probably had conversations with Rusty, George, and Westbrook. It's, it's just now coming out after the season. What that tells me is they communicate, they talk, and they can get past it. So, I mean, this isn't a death sentence for Melo and OKC to me. But at the same time, who does he decide to, you know, wait with no trade clause again, go somewhere else? We can dive into this. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Okay, so there's two things I want to pose. What, what do you think the, the percentage – He's in OKC starting day one next year. I'm, I'm honestly about 50-50 right now. And the only reason I'm that is because of the 28 million 
I think if he is lower end of a contract or anything like that, he's gone. And honestly, I feel like if he had a team option on him, he probably wouldn't be back. After the interview, I'm... I'd probably I probably was above fifty percent. I'm probably now like low forties. I think that's exactly where I am too. I think and so I heard a lot of podcasts today, like uh, Frank Katz is talking about this. Like he's best friends with LeBron. What's to say that OKC doesn't meet with Carmelo and say, Hey, you wanted to go to Cleveland anyways earlier. What if we ship you to Cleveland? Uh, Cleveland can take your salary for this year and then figure out what to do with your next year and we get like Tristan Thompson and someone else. But OKC could take long-term money back but uh, get rid of Melo. Get rid of Melo, get somebody solid and give yourself a little bit of cap space. Oh, yeah. I mean, Melo is a huge bad contract right now the way his production on the, the court is and his salary, but that again, he's... An expiring contract next year. Mm-hmm. So if, someone, if someone wants to dump a contract they don't like, they could feasibly take Mellow as long as the contracts are close and then they realize that the following year they wiped that clean of the books and gotten out of a bad deal. Houston, Ryan Anderson. That's another one I was thinking about too. And my thought process is okay, so this sounds bad, but as long as Paul George is okay, not having Melo on the team, then I would honestly, and I, I'm, I'm going to, you're going to give me crap, I would take Ryan Anderson. The thought process is we need a Melo to be a catch-and-shoot three-point guy. Ryan Anderson kind of does that. They're both terrible at defense, but you can bench Ryan Anderson. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that with Melo, so that's my thought. If we could bench, find someone that we can bench and can shoot threes. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be. I like Melo. I wish it would have worked there than it has. But if he goes, I wish him the best. But if he stays, hopefully we figure it out. I mean, we don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, the biggest we something's gonna have to be shaken up this off season, regardless of if George comes back or not. Like if George comes back, you can't just go into next season with the same plan you had this year because you see how that. Donovan very well. Billy Donovan. Possibly could not be back. We don't know yet. We don't know the conversations. We don't know the feeling in the in the front office about everything. I know they like Billy, but at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah, I think it honestly, the Thunder have been a, a player first organization. I think Russ, and especially, uh, we got Russ locked up, but Russ's opinion, and then whether Paul George wants Billy to come back, and if that plays into him staying. Like, if Paul George likes Billy and it's a factor in him coming back, then Billy will be back. Yeah. I mean, I like Donovan. I mean, I like But at the same time, I do see his flaws. He does have some flaws when it comes to coaching. He tends to wait a little too long on some things. So you want to talk about the uh, Paul George stuff now? Yeah, let's go for it. I think he was very consistent in saying that he loves OKC, uh, that they check all the boxes. He didn't really say anything negative. It was all positive. So if you didn't even know about the Lakers and you just hear him talking, you would think, okay, this dude's definitely coming back next year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm seeing articles like I just read one. They're like, um, there was an ESPN report said George has already made up his mind because okay, he didn't get past the first round. Okay, I'm, no, he has not made up his mind. He he loves Russ. He loves the organization. He loves the city because George isn't that I gotta have a big city type guy. He he likes the kind of chill, relaxed environment that OKC provides him with. So there's a lot that factors into it. Do you leave a player like Westbrook for up-and-coming stars? Lakers have young talent. They have good players, but nobody's just ready to win yet. And you have a guy who almost won you a playoff game single-handedly when you have five points. Now you have to go be the guy again. Do you step away from that? Now George is more than capable of being the guy, but having to be the guy and choosing to be the guy are two different things. I think he's better as a second option, personally. I think so, too. I mean, he didn't... In Indiana, he took about 18 shots a game. That's what he took this year. Uh, He scored just about the same, maybe slightly less, but his efficiency was up. Yeah, I mean... He takes the pressure off him. It it does, and people, I mean, they can say what they want, but George had a, a solid year. He had a great year with AKC. And but then, like, uh, I can't remember which one of y'all likes to talk about the most, but the whole Robertson effect with him being out. Do yep. you leave and say what if? I think Robertson's actually going to be key in Paul George's free agency. He saw mm-hmm. how he's better at play, playing that secondary role, not the not the lockdown guy up front, but he can get in passing lanes and go for steals when he's off ball. And I think Robertson gives him the best tandem he's ever had, and I think he's interested in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he does stay, he can help. He can help Russ improve. I mean, when when did George come to OKC? Was it July? I believe. Yeah, it was last day of June, I think. Very end of June. Last day of June. I mean. Give him and Russ a whole summer to work out together. Who knows if he can... I mean, they can help improve each other's games, honestly. Like, if he can just get Westbrook a consistent three-pointer, I mean, I'd be happy. I mean, I've accepted the fact he's never going to be a, a knockdown three-point shooter. He, except when he gets hot, like he was last game. But those two players could still have a lot to learn from each other because they do have completely different play styles. I agree, and they're uh, maybe not intentionally. Well, I mean, they're going to intentionally work out together at some point, I know. But they're uh, together for USA Basketball, so that's another uh, couple of weeks that Russ can continue to uh, monitor what Paul George is being uh, told by other players. Mm-hmm. And, and the then, biggest thing... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. The, the biggest thing that kind of stuck out to me was his very last... It was one of his last comments on what he wanted to do, and he immediately said he wanted to talk to Billy, he wanted to talk to Russ, and he wanted to talk to Presky first and foremost before free agency even starts to go over the plan. Which is really all you can ask. We weren't going to get a shot at him in free agency anyways. We kind of we absolutely had a disappointing season, but for him to still have that mindset of like, I want to see where this is going, and I want to give you all the first opportunity at the pitch. It's, it's all we can ask for at this point. Which is good because it's the complete opposite of Kevin Durant, who said that he wanted to talk to his agent and his family first. 
So everything he said, if you didn't know what where he was from or what he uh, what his preferences were, if he wanted to go play in LA or somewhere else, all of his stuff he said at exit interviews made it seem like you'd be like, okay, this guy's like eighty percent coming back to OKC. He said everything that he loves, that he wants, um, but just like Durant, you just got to remember there's there's two months in between now and July first, so a lot of things can change. So. I hope that Russ uh, keeps tabs on them and they, they work out a couple of times in between now and then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and they have things in common that, you know, Russ and Katie didn't have in common. Russ has a family. George has a family. You know, they both love Katie to work cheated out. On, yeah, Katie cheated on his fiance. <laughs> George has got uh, two kids with his girlfriend. One's a stand-up guy. One's a complete tool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Fair points. <laughs> brought this up at the uh, at the on ESPN after the game he basically was like maybe Paul George playing the worst game of his career uh, actually helps OKC because he's not going to want to leave uh, them or leave Russ on that night One thing we don't got to worry about is now that Russ is locked up, we don't have to listen to all the rumors of George dragging Westbrook to Los Angeles. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> now, my second priority for us to lock up after George is Jeremy Grant. That guy, I do not want to go anywhere. I'm with you. I would agree. He's only 24 years old. Okay, he's only 24 years old. Presky gave a first-round pick to get him. I think they have a like 100% intentions on keeping him. And the fact that he's 24 years old and he had this big of an improvement this year, he he's very, very, very versatile. He's got tons of upside. If he could just shoot a three-point percentage like that's semi-decent, he would be a huge asset. But he does everything else well, at least he did the last couple months of the season. And just, so I, I think he's going to come back. And just think about that, your, your front court. You have a very versatile, athletic, and both your center and your power forward would be under 25 and under. <laughs> so oh. you're set at multiple positions for years to come. Ideal world, they figure out how to trade or buy out Anthony. They re-sign Grant. And I would I, – some people keep saying around here that he's not a starter in the NBA. I would uh, absolutely start him next year at the power forward spot. If Draymond can start and be an all-star, <laughs> Jamie Grant can start. Just think of it. And if Paul George comes back, a Russ, Paul George, Dre, Grant, Adams lineup could switch everything. That's going to be amazing defense. Because, yeah, because you have, I mean, Grant, he's not a fantastic shooter, but he knows how to score. He's a solid defender. Adams is a smart player on both ends of the court. Dre is a defense player of the year candidate. 
any year he's basically played, and then you have recipe he's carrying. Can't ask for much more than that. This has nothing to do with anything but pure entertainment value. That's almost an all dunk lineup. <laughs> yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll get some highlights from Russ and George. Adam gets the dunk lobs, and we know Grant's gonna just absolutely yam on someone. Hopefully, KD will do. <laughs> and, that's, and that's one thing we didn't talk about. We talked about, you know, Robinson's ability on defense, but people forget he's a very good slasher and cutter to the rim, and he knows how to finish. That's another aspect we were missing because Russ got isolated on those, and he didn't get to hit uh, Robinson on those little cuts. Uh, down to Duncan, Mikey Bear, I listened to their podcast, I think, this morning or afternoon. While I was at the oh, you stole it. They uh, they were talking how yeah I think you're gonna bring this up too. Yep. <laughs> Robertson did everything else for offense besides being a good shooter, which is spot on. Like he's a terrible three point shooter, um, but he did all of the screens. He would run all of the cuts to like move the offense and to get uh, our stars better looks. And he's an automatic passer. He'll pass it when he gets the ball, so it's not stagnant. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. He's, very, he's actually a very entertaining player. He's a very high IQ player to watch. Mm-hmm. The, qu- the question is, how does he return next year? He says he wants to be ready for the start of the season. I think I he starts this season, next season, the way he started this season. Kind of slow out of the gates. Kind of like a little like, all right, let me, he's going to be uncomfortable. He's going to be nervous. He's he, it's going to be in his head. I don't want this to happen. You know, I don't want to don't want to jack up the leg again. But once he gets over that, I'd say probably first 10, 15 games, I think he's back to normal. Mm-hmm. Or any setbacks from the injury. Yeah, the one thing that frustrated me a few years back was that he didn't move and he just stood there and kind of ruined their offense. But... This year and even some last year, especially in the playoffs against Houston, he was moving, setting screens, slashing. And if he keeps doing that, then he's not even the liability on offense. Plus, he's the defensive player of the year. Uh-huh. So who do we think... Yeah, go ahead. And I think having him on a guy like... Let's say we had Robertson, we made it... We get to the playoffs, we get to Houston. Have him, we get to Houston. Having Robertson to just guard your your only job this whole series you don't have I don't care if you score a point your job is to hold Harden under thirty points. Having a guy like that you can throw out there and feel confident in that in that ability would have been huge to have in the playoffs. I think he's a game changer for us, and I think it helps keep Paul George and he keeps our defense afloat, which fell off a cliff. Uh, yeah. So who do we think's coming back next year? Talking like Houston's, uh Grant, Felton. I think Eustace is gone. I think Eustace and Brewer are definite gones because Brewer didn't show up in the playoffs at all. Um, Grant, I think he's going to, like you said, he's a top priority for us. And I think we signed... Honestly, realistically, I think Felton comes back on another vet minimum for another year. He's already stated he wants to come back. OKC loves him. He, he fits the system off the bench. He did a very good job of, I mean, you watched the beginning of fourth quarters when we roll out, you know, Felton and whoever on the court. That was Felton's sweet time in the game when he would get hot. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it saved us in a couple of games. I think uh, one thing that could keep Brewers is his relationship with uh, 
Donovan. But Houston, I think it's gone. He's really cheap, but he kind of kind of already have players that fit the same role. And who else? Mello. I don't know. Grant. I think we bring back. And <laughs> said it was a very dry season. I don't know what that means. I don't know. He didn't actually get in and play, so he didn't sweat. Like, that's, that's my thought. Maybe. Maybe. What, then what do you say? He wanted to find some new stretch guru with his off-season goals. Yeah, he didn't, uh... He didn't float tank enough, maybe? <laughs> but honestly, thinking about it, if I had to choose between bringing back Brewer or Eustace, I would bring back Eustace because he was a guy that really seemed to have a lot of confidence in in big situations. He, he was confident enough to start him for, you know, a big stretch of games. He threw him in. He didn't even start the, the playoff in the last couple of games. He got pretty decent minutes. So maybe, you know, maybe he showed the organization something as far as him coming back. I hope so. I, and we just haven't used him well. I think he's got potential. I just... We, we haven't used Houston's well. And I almost think it's kind of, kind of too late. We've already taken that, that loss. Yeah. So out of the four, we would all agree we would take Felton and Grant over Houston and Brewer? Oh, 100%. You've got to find pieces that can consistently contribute, and that's what this team doesn't have. Like, if you look at teams like we need, a, we need a consistent bench. Our bench wasn't bad all year, but we need a consistent bench. They can come in, like, I mean, look at Toronto's bench. Look at, Houston has Aaron Gordon coming off their bench. It's, it's just players like that that can keep your momentum going when your stars are sitting down. Mm-hmm. Well, just think, if we give up Felton, we could always bring back Christian. <laughs> How dare you. He's kind of a mini version of Westbrook besides the size. Well, the yeah. weight, at least. Yeah. 
and, and like you said, the team loves them. They, they absolutely love them. Did you listen to his uh, exit interview? I didn't hear it. I, I have, honestly, I haven't, I haven't really been on anything with, like, I haven't listened to any of the exit interviews. I've seen, like, um, quotes from him and stuff like that. It's just, the season's over. I have all the time to listen to it, so I'll let the, the slight sting of the season ending go away before I listen to it. <laughs> I listened to the exit interviews, and Ferguson said he just wants to stay in OKC, work with, uh, the, the staff and uh, stay in the gym the whole time. He, he said he wants to come back and do play. Okay. Which is everything, everything you want to hear from him. That's what I was wondering. He's, a, he's, a Oklahoma, he's, Oklahoma, he's born in Tulsa, correct? Uh, Tulsa? Mm-hmm. He's a Warriors fan, uh, though. Yeah. I don't think so anymore, but yeah. Not anymore, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Russell's probably like, you got the Warriors? Yeah, good luck. I appreciate it. I'll, uh, I'll listen to y'all's uh, rest of it when, I, when you post it up. But uh, let me get inside right now. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right, have a good one. Later, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to knock out some questions? And we'll yeah. Call it good and Sounds good. Yeah, there's just a few. Most of them are just like. Things we already went over. Alright, let me see if I can find something we didn't talk about. Alright, here's one from Facebook from Ronald Too Smooth Young. He wants to know why haven't we found the right coach that is tough on players? I think. Okay, I, I really like believe this, and everyone I've talked to on here um, has said that it's a player run team. Uh, which is to their detriment and also good. I think it's one of the reasons it's kept Russ around because he likes continuity. He likes to have the same things. He's very, very regimented. Um, but yes, at the same time, uh, we just Billy Donovan's not that guy. He never calls out a teammate. Like he, he backed up Carmelo Anthony. He basically said Carmelo's really smart. He's done a lot of things in this league, and that uh, he played really well this season. Um, but. He's not good. And then Carmelo threw him under the bus, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, Scotty Brooks and Billy Donovan weren't uh, uh, coaches that put players on blast. And I think part of that's by design. I think Presky uh, has what he wants in mind. But I agree. When you look around and sometimes you see these other coaches holding players accountable, it, it might be good at some point uh, for OKC. And I, it might be good now. Someone that is offensive-minded and uh, can can get them to buy in and hold them accountable. But again, I think I think it depends on what Russ wants. If he wants Billy around, Billy's going to stay around. If it keeps Paul George here, damn sure Billy's staying. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I would honestly make a call down to Dallas and see what Rick Carlisle's up to if he wants to make a little uh, 
little drive down to or up to Oklahoma City. It's about a three-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he would be really good. He's he's consistently considered a really good coach, and he's. I mean, he won a championship with Dirk. There wasn't very many other pieces on that team. There were some good pieces, but it wasn't like they beat LeBron James and they beat with Chris Bosh and mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade. But yeah, that's really all I got. I just think that the players run this, and that's what they want right now. And if it keeps Paul George, he's going to stay. If not, then they might reassess. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, this one comes from Instagram. He says, Alex has really stepped up on defense this year. What else can he do to become a better player? Oh, um, he started to do this earlier, and I think it's – I think it's what we need uh, is to put the ball on the deck when because they all know he's a three-point shooter, uh, especially at a reputation. He doesn't always uh, uh, jack up that many shots. But when they close out really, really hard and then he puts the ball on the deck, I mean, at least twice this year, he dunked over, uh, uh, shoot, who was it? He dunked over, uh, uh, I think, Tristan Thompson in the Cavs game. And, uh, yeah, somebody against the Warriors, too. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Bell, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you can you see that. If we could just get him to do that and be kind of more an overall threat on offense, not just someone that stands and shoots threes. Honestly, that's what we need him to do. But if he gets this dribble drive game and is a solid finisher, then they can't close out 110% on him because he'll blow right by them. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, it's more of a, he's just a spot-up three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And he's got a nice floater, too, that he can... Take a couple oh, yeah. dribbles off. Absolutely. I think continue to hit the weight room and be able to body up bigger guys because, I mean, they kept switching players onto him. Uh, the Rockets did it to him a couple of times. And, uh, I know they put Donovan Mitchell on him. Donovan Mitchell is actually a pretty big jack dude. So if he can just handle the physicality and uh, open up uh, his, his game uh, inside the three-point line, I think it would be huge. Mm-hmm. And honestly, so I was trying to get to that with uh, Josh, and he had a great point uh, that Robertson's back. Just uh, we got to ease him in, but you also got to give him some playing time and try and get him over that hump because it took him a couple of weeks this year to to get to his spot. If not, then I'm interested to see like how much bigger Abrinas gets if he can uh, uh, hold his end on defense again like he was in the playoffs, and then how T Fern comes back because either one of those guys could slide into the starting. Uh, two guard spot while we wait for Dre to get better. I just don't want to rush Dre back uh, too quickly and have him get hurt again. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, let's see. We answered this. Uh, this question comes from Facebook from Anthony Means. He wants to know what we need to do to become a contender next year. somehow handle this mellow situation. It sounds bad. It's really uh, really not a good look. And I actually love Carmelo. Like I, I have my uh, hoodie mellow sweatshirt and I wore that during games. I think if we can either convince him to uh, start but only play like 15 minutes a game mm-hmm. or if we can convince him to come off the bench and our starters be like Grant in there or Patterson. I think this team's defense will be amazing against other starters and we'll get back to that with Robertson, this this all defensive caliber team, a top five overall defense. Um, 
Because, I mean, we saw it when we had Grant in against Utah. We were like a plus 19 for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good teams, the Warriors didn't really do this against us because, I, I don't know, maybe they're cocky and they think they can beat us like this, but the Jazz and the Rockets both went at Carmelo. They did an ISO ball switch, and then they took their point guard or Mitchell or Rubio and had them drive on Melo. And now that that's on game tape, that's going to happen a lot more. So I think we got to work on this Melo situation and figure out. And there was a good article uh, on Russ and like taking five less shots and Russ evolving. We just got to got to figure out how to get Russ to play slightly different and get more teammates involved. Because when he goes hero ball, we all want him to to keep scoring but he's not going to do that realistically all the time and if, the, if like Alex Abrinas hasn't gotten a shot in the last 20 minutes he's been out there it's kind of hard to reasonably expect him to just nail one out of nowhere right yeah um, so I think figure out the offense get Russ to uh, change slightly get Donovan implementing the offense and figure out Melo uh, situation I think we can be another good team mm-hmm Right, we Maybe got... not a contender, but we'll see. Right, one more question. This one comes from Twitter. This guy wants to know uh, if there's any available big men that we can sign, saying that Grant and Patterson's traditional position is not center. Uh, okay, this is probably not going to be popular with a lot of people because he's been a, a drama queen as well uh, <laughs> for Dallas, and he hasn't played at all, but... I think Nerlens is not going to get any money on the open market because he's been a drama queen. He's barely played. He's been basically benched all year. I would take a shot at Nerlens. You could probably throw uh, a minimum or I don't want to do a mid-level, but mm-hmm. maybe Nerlens. Um, I don't know about any other huge, big... Uh... I've been hearing Bogut a lot, but I really don't like that. Yeah, I'm not. I think he's uh, kind of a done deal as well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Maybe a Tyson Chandler buyout. I like Chandler. Like yeah. Ten or fifteen minutes a game. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to get bought out this season, but um, that didn't really happen. What about Monroe? Is he a minimum or is he above that? Uh, I think he was mid level for the Celtics. Uh, that wouldn't be. He's he's played well in the playoffs. That wouldn't be too terrible. I mean, yeah. He was kind of rumored here. We're missing the big thing, though. I'm kind of mad it took me this long to figure it out. I'm sure other people are going to comment on this. Ole Enos is going to opt out. Let's get cancer back. <laughs> Stash bricks. Twin Towers. <laughs> that would be great. You would uh, have... Yeah, uh, I don't know. He's been hinting at, uh, oh, I'm currently a New York Nick. <laughs> uh, and he's talked about opting out. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. I've never seen a guy get traded from a team but still come back, like talk to the mayor, sign pardons to the mayor, and and like buy his own tickets to the game. The Thunder legally couldn't buy him tickets to the game because it's tampering, <laughs> but he still came. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a possibility that Cantor opts out and we look at maybe trying to get him on here for a year or two and he can build back up his stock. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we brought back his uh, best friend, Kyle Quinn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
but but it goes back to the, the difference between the, the and I know Cantor's more of a center. Uh, we did play in power forward for the Twin Towers against the Spurs, but it's just another extremely offensive player uh, that could have helped us in this series, but would have been ISOed as well. Uh, but we can bench him. That's that's the difference. And like I'm not saying like if Melo's hot, don't bench him. But if they are consistently switching. Uh, James Harden onto Melo and just attacking him repeatedly, like we can, we can look to bench him. But if Melo's not going to do that, and he, in his exit interviews, it didn't make it seem like that's what he wants to do. Someone like a, a Cantor or someone that, if you're hot and you're getting us points, you can stay. If you're a defensive liability, which Cantor will be, you can bench him. Like, literally, there's film last year of Donovan saying, I can't play Cantor, and they played him two minutes, and Cantor didn't complain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's kind of my two cents. I'm, I'm aboard the Cantor train. I want to bring him back. Same here. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, I have one thing, and I, I don't know how true it is. It's a, a local chucklehead on the radio uh, that was talking about this, and I floated some feelers around and no one's given me anything substantial uh, but this has me worried and it makes a ton of sense and uh, he brought up that uh, don't underestimate the, the Pacers again affecting the OKC organization this offseason and he essentially said that the Pacers are not as high on uh, like Thaddeus Young as they were and they're very very high on Grant. Uh, they oh, have some cap room and Grant's best friends with oh, yeah. Joel Adipa, mm-hmm. and they're going to hang out in the offseason. So, completely unsubstantiated, probably nothing, but it seems to make a lot of sense and it kind of has me worried. Yeah, I see them in a lot of uh, Instagram stuff together. So, just keep an eye on that. Hopefully they don't hang out too, together too much. Yep. <laughs> That's really all I got. That was one thing that popped up uh, earlier this week that I was like, oh, that's stupid. And then I just started thinking about it while I was driving home. I was like, okay, that's that kind of has me worried. But he's got a couple buddies here too, Brinus and uh, who's the other one? Uh, is it Josh? Uh, Ray? No, I don't remember. Um, he's, he's really good. Uh, and I think, okay, so this is another sidebar. Like, I think part of... Uh, Grant's development has some of the some of the credit has to go to Melo. Uh, they're practicing every day. Him and Melo were friends. They're Syracuse buds. Uh, I think Melo helps Grant offensively this year. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got. You got anything crazy or weird or anything no. you've been thinking of with this uh, Thunder team? Oh yeah, I asked my friend about. Uh, the salary cap because I got all excited if uh, George and Mello leave. Uh, not excited that they would leave, but if they do leave, would we have room to sign some other people? And uh, the overwhelming uh, thought is no. Uh. Uh, because the cap's no longer going up to 108, it's probably going to stay more at 101. Um, we're so far over the salary cap, it might help us keep Grant. That's, that's really about it. All those uh, text messages were wondering if we could add like a a lesser level shooter just to space the floor. I don't. I don't know if that's gonna happen either. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> if we could bring back every, 
everybody. I think we still, with the year together and getting Robertson back, I think we'll still be in a lot better shape. Oh, I agree. If we, bring, if we do nothing and bring everybody back, I believe that Billy Donovan will tweak his offense and they'll figure something out. And that they now know how to play with Dre because it took them months to figure out how to play with Dre and we started to hit our peak. Um, that this could, uh, this could be a, a much better season. And Dre in the playoffs would... Uh, It'll be a different environment, and I think we would uh, be playing Houston right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, that's all I got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch as well. It's, it's dinner time over here. I'm starving. <laughs> Same here. All right, have a good one. All right, man. Take it easy. And uh, oh, what's your prediction tonight? Uh, like three minutes. Oh, uh, who is it? Cleveland? Pelicans Warriors. I saw that because oh, Curry's okay. back. Yeah. Curry's back, so we don't even have to talk about that game. Um, <laughs> well, that means they're going to choke. He's gonna... Raptors, what do you got tonight? Um, let me see. Cavs seem to start off sucky, and Raptors seem to start off better. Uh. I'll take this somewhat of an upset, not really, but I'll I'll pick Raptors tonight. I think the Raptors are at home, so they're probably favored. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I think the Raptors are going to win at home. I think Cavs will win the series, though. Ooh. In six or seven. I mean, uh, the rest of their team sucks, but LeBron is going to will them. I'm going to go seven just so that uh, Cavs win in seven. So LeBron's still playing. He doesn't have as much time to catch Paul George. And we get, get to see playoff LeBron. Uh, I just want to see LeBron play in the 76ers. That would be and fun. After, after last night, that's not a guaranteed thing either because the Celtics wiped the floor with them. But, uh-huh. uh, I just think the NBA needs a Cavs Sixers. The Celtics don't the seem to lose at home. They're yeah. what, 4-0 now at home. And they have home court advantage too. That sucks. Yeah, Simmons and LeBron would be very fun first or Western Com- Eastern Conference Finals. It would, uh, that's what I want to say, just selfishly. But since I'm always wrong, I'm gonna go ahead and pick uh, um, Warriors to win tonight. Sounds good. I think they're going to wipe the floor. It's just a bad matchup for the Pelicans. Mm-hmm, especially if they're not on fire like Miritic and uh, what's that other Moore or whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh, all right, man. All right, have a good one. Catch up with you, Catch up with you later. We'll do this again. I'm sure some more uh, articles will drop in the next couple of days. I'll give you something to talk about. Mm-hmm. See ya. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. Thank you for listening to the OKC Chatter Podcast. We may be done playing basketball, but we are not done podcasting. We hope to bring you at least one episode a week, whether it's free agency talk, NBA draft talk, anything going on in the offseason, Thunder, or NBA related. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at OKC Chatter, and we'd appreciate if you give us a review on iTunes. Thanks.